Welcome, everyone, to 2022, and welcome to Strictly JoJo, a podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where every JoJo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 32, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, The Visitor, part two. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the JoJo anime, so you've been warned. We're starting off 2022 strong, because right off the bat, we want to give a huge shout out to our newest patron, Shaw. 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 Round of applause. Wet claps everywhere. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shaw, for becoming a patron. We very much appreciate it. Your support is the, it means the world to us because you're supporting not only Strictly JoJo, but also Strictly Anime and everything else that we do here at the Strictly series. So thank you very, very much. Yeah. Thanks, Shaw, for your support um, in light of the episode that we are talking about today. I myself feel like releasing copious amounts of slime oh. <laughs> into a room after hearing the news of you joining us on Patreon. I didn't know where you were going with that, but I guess it, it interestingly ties into today's episode. So yes, that, that definitely works. But if you'd like to support the show and get access to things like bonus episodes, our pre-show, um, our show schedule ahead of time, etc., then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. And of course, that's not the only way that you guys can support us. Um, you know, we, we appreciate any and all ways that you um, help us out here at Strictly JoJo or at Strictly Anime, even something as simple as reaching out to us to share your thoughts on a previous episode um, or answering one of the questions that we ask on, on these podcast episodes, um, leaving us a rating on Spotify or on Apple, or of course, word of mouth. If you know of anybody who enjoys anime, enjoys JoJo, and loves podcasts, word of mouth is a great way to, to support us that we can reach new weebs. Let's get all the weebs together. Let's all talk about JoJo and about anime. In a cum room. In a cum. Oh, yes. Yes, in a cum room. This is the, the, the Jizz Room episode um, for those of you who I would assume are caught up on part six. So, yes, we will be talking about the Jizz Room, the one and only Jizz Room. Okay. Well, with all of that said, how, how was uh, your reaction to this episode? Because as we mentioned before, these, um, these Jotaro episodes – this is really when Stone Ocean starts to ramp up, and I feel like this episode was definitely more intense and more hype than than the previous visitor part. You want my reaction to the whole episode or to the cum room? Um. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like people always hound on JoJo fans for being a bunch of horn dogs, and now I I can see why. <laughs> yeah, you know, you take something as um, what I assume is as innocent as the acid room, and we immediately think it looks like a bunch of jizz but, all over everybody. But also, I feel like Araki, he's, like he's just gotten really raunchy with the stuff that he puts in part six. Yeah, he probably knew what he was doing like, here. First, we had Jolene's ass during the strip search. <laughs> then we had John Gallier's ass. And now we have like suggestive interior design. So, <laughs> but come room aside, um, I thought this episode was interesting. Um, it feels a little bit like a transitional episode um, because it's it's like the middle of it's the middle of the chase sequence, and then there are instances in the past JoJo episodes where we've seen um, like the enemy of that particular episode they meet their demise in the middle of it that happened here um and then you have all the stuff that happens with the dream sequence 
And I know we talked about the dream sequence briefly, or maybe a lot, in the previous episode, but now it gets kicked into full gear here. And it really is intriguing. I mean, we were kind of walking through, um, as we were watching the episode in our second run, of whose perspective we're seeing this dream sequence from, whether it's from Jolene's or Jotaro's. It just becomes like this really Inception shit. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of, I, I see what you mean about it feeling like a transitional episode, although I slightly disagree. I think it's more of like a continuation because it's it's progressing this arc of the story forward. Um, Jotaro's kind of reintroduction um, and Jolene kind of realizing the, the true goal that she has um, for her story. So I, I think it's, Really, this this whole arc is like three parts. It's the last episode, it's this one, and then it's the uh, subsequent episode, um, which I cannot wait to talk about mm-hmm. next week. It's going to be so good. Um, but this one is, is equally as good because there's a lot that happens. And yes, we will be breaking down the dream sequences um, throughout this entire review. We mentioned it in the previous episode for The Visitor Part 1 that um, had think like two-thirds of the way through the episode is when the dream sequences actually initiate and that the droplets of water is the indication throughout the episode and throughout this episode that um, we are switching between Jolene and Jotaro's dream. So it was a little less intense in the previous episode because we only got one or two dream sequence changes. Here we're getting multiple. So we will do our best to very carefully and very clearly explain when each dream sequence change happens i need to find better terminology for this but you know i'm going with the flow here yeah i think watching this a second time it becomes clearer than having watched this the first time where i'm sure everyone was like what the fuck's going on especially when jolene comes to the realization that this is all a dream and you're trying to piece together where exactly things have happened or have not happened um i think i was just thinking this was a transitional episode because if you look at it objectively this all happens in their head right and so the actual the actual action of this arc begins with the final part three of of the visitor it's a little bit sour it's that's a good point that you bring up because it's a little bit sour to me because we're getting a reunion between father and daughter and the majority of what we witness in these these three episodes um this three episode arc is not actually real life. Um, so you think like, oh, this is so great to see them interacting and, and see how Jolene and Jotaro play off of each other and use their intelligence to get out of a situation. But the reality is it's not reality. It's all in their heads. So can you really classify this as like quality time between a father and a daughter when they're actually asleep the entire time? But I would say they have their share of time in the next episode. Yes. For very emotional reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they'll have a lot of makeup time in the next episode for sure. But let's dive into it because this will be a very um, careful review that we go through because of these dream sequence changes. So uh, let's start off with the usual, the synopsis. Yeah, so here begins the synopsis for part six, episode four, The Visitor, part two. Within the throes of an unexpectedly abnormal prison visit, Jolene has a big brain time and activates the sprinklers in the room to disrupt the jingly jangling enemy stand device, which John Galias has named Manhattan Transfer. Baseball Boy reappears to provide an in-game hint to Jolene about escaping through a hidden tunnel within the room, but against Daddy Jotaro's wishes, our juvenile Jojo decides to protect Baseball Boy instead, as he has become John Galias's new target. 
as she tracks the enemy stand user to a separate room. John takes advantage of Jolene's compassion by using Baseball Boy to track her movements and trigger his 360 no-scope. He probably should have taken a gas X pill, however, as Jolene clouds her position using a broken gas pipe and smashes John Galeas's jingly jangly device to pieces. Jolene checks up on Baseball Boy, but cuts herself with the bone that he bequeathed her, and Stranger Things on Netflix start a happening in the room as Daddy Jotaro appears to kill John Galeas as his voluptuous bottom appears in the room, and the absent father claims having never seen Baseball Boy among them. The episode then goes full Pornhub as our kindred Cujos find themselves caught in heaping white globs of hot corrosive slime, and she struggles to summon Stone Free to save their sorry souls from a sticky situation. And now onto our next segment of the show is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. So I know we saw this stand in the previous episode. It's John Gallier's stand, but he mentions it mentions it by name in this episode, which is Manhattan Transfer. Transfer. Manhattan Transfer. Um, this is a reference to the Manhattan Transfer, which is a Grammy Award-winning jazz vocal group. I'm not too familiar with the songs that they've performed, but it's out there if you want to give them a listen. Um, I know the localized version is Downtown Transfer, but of course we use the actual versions so there you go and now it's time for the jojo meme rundown where we list each new jojo meme that appeared in this episode and thankfully we have one in this episode and it is surprise surprise the jizz room the cum room more specifically the manga version so this has been a meme for quite some time um because because the manga has been out for quite some time and it's hard to describe i think the manga looks far more jizz-like than the anime. Um, so if you're if you haven't seen the image before, just go look up. I don't even know what do you type to not get some really weird results like Stone Ocean, Jizz Room manga, <laughs> Acid know. Room manga. You're I don't get know. Some Rule Thirty Four. <laughs> Google stuff at down your there. own risk. <laughs> but yes, it's it's been um it's been a meme for quite some time. Well before Stone Ocean anime got confirmed, and it's interesting seeing it in the anime i'll have to double check when we watch the next episode there's a specific shot that goes around from the manga but i can't remember if they adapted that that exact shot into the anime i'm gonna look it up right now actually stone ocean jizz room i'll let you know now if, if that's gonna bring up some weird results uh no that'll that'll do it if you type in stone ocean jizz room you'll get the uh the actual panel from the manga and it's just Jolene and Jotaro like slumped over at the table in the visitation room. But the way the acid is drawn, it's just, I'm sorry. How do you not think that that looks like jizz? Like Araki knew what he was doing when he created that panel. <laughs> Let's be honest. I looked it up on Google as well. Um, I, I see the pat where they're both sitting at the table. But there's a, another meme here where it's it's three panels. It's Jotaro. In the first panel, his eyes. And in the second one, he's looking at a picture of a dolphin. And then the third one is just a picture of oh, him God. at the table with <laughs> dripping. I see that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's yep. why I was stifling laughter earlier. But Yeah, if you can imagine, all of the memes that use this panel are uh, are about jizzing. They're, they're, that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, no surprise there. That's a meme. 
But we'll have to double check in the next. I don't think we saw it in this episode, but in the next episode, if we get that exact um, that exact panel adapted into the anime, because I don't remember from my first watch through, but I could have just overlooked it, or maybe it's a repressed memory at this point. Mm-hmm. And as always, if we missed any other memes, or if any other other memes pop up in the future as we're going through Stone Ocean, please reach out. Let us know. Okay, deep breath. We're going to now go through the um, the rundown. Uh, whenever I say that, I think of The Office. We're going to go through the rundown of the dream sequences in this episode, The Visitor Part 2. I feel like we need something like from ESPN, like a, 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 a whiteboard. Play? Yeah, like play-by-play where we can map out what the fuck's happening in this episode. <laughs> Well, it starts off right away, but I guess before we get into that, one quick note, because Emporio does pop up in the beginning. I think you wanted to mention something about his design. Yes, I think people on Twitter have noted that upon a second watch through watch through of the series, they have, or David Production, has made a slight change in Emporio's logo design, or I guess a significant change. Um, I think previously his logo which again he's wearing a cubs baseball uniform so it's very reminiscent of the cubs colors with the blue circle on his hat and i think he had it on his um on his jersey yeah on his jersey as well they have changed that now where the hat now has the green dolphin insignia which is the g and the d and i think his jersey has a dolphin jumping over a red circle um, kind of like a sun, maybe. Yeah, but that just <laughs> that just made me think of Joe throwing the dolphin again. <laughs> um, so yeah, very interesting addition. I mean, I, I have no problem with it. I know people would have probably preferred the actual, I think, Cubs logo that was used in the manga. Obviously, there's a lot of loopholes legally to put that on the anime because of copyright reasons or licensing or what have you. Um, but I I wanted to ask, do you think additions like this kind of enhance or disrupt the anime in any way? I love it. I think it's a great decision. It, it looks so much better than just a blank blue circle. Um, and to be fair, though, as a Chicago-based podcast, it is a bit disappointing that netflix um or whoever does like the localization shit couldn't bother to get the rights to use the cubs logo because it is cool despite me being a white Sox fan despite this podcast being a a podcast divided um it is a little bit sad to think that the representation that chicago would have in the anime isn't actually there you know out probably out uh within the u.s outside of the u.s Mm -hmm. i would imagine they could still get away with using the cubs logo but I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it's there in the manga, so that's cool. But um, for all the anime-only people, will they ever know that Emporio was technically a Cubs fan? Who knows? I think you can infer that because there isn't any other baseball team, at least any other team in MLB, that has that same color scheme. Um, and I don't know, maybe if if they release the Blu-ray version, they'll include the actual logos, but... Who knows about that? Um, yeah, it's interesting that they added this post-release. And speaking of Blu-rays, I know usually anime studios will like kind of redo certain scenes so that they look visually more appealing. And maybe that'll be the case with Stone Ocean. Um, if David Production continues to kind of clean up 
certain things with these episodes that they deemed not high of a quality. Um, hopefully this doesn't set a precedent where they will start editing in or out certain visuals or scenes um, instead of keeping the episodes as they originally intended. Um, I know that was one case with Tokyo Revengers that we talked about. Um, with the manji symbol? Yeah, in our review of that series. But yeah, things like this, I think, even though, again, it's not the actual Cubs logo, they do enhance your watching experience in some way. I wonder, um, and I could probably do, just do a little bit of research on this, but I wonder like how the manga gets away with having the Cubs logo, but then when they make the anime, um, and even not even just the Cubs logo, but using the um, the non-localized names, the original names for stands and for individuals, and how the, the anime can't get away with that. And I also wonder too on the Japan side, like when it starts airing in Japan in January, will we see the Cubs logo? on Emporio's outfit or will it be mm. the GD Street logo? The goddamn logo. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, like I think it looks good. It looks like it looks so much better uh, and, and makes Emporio stand out a little bit more than just having a, a blank blue circle. So I'm glad they did something with it versus leaving it blank. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, even as a White Sox fan, I would still prefer to see the Cubs logo. Side note, I actually wanted to extend a thank you to JD and Earthworm from the Anime Brothers for acknowledging the Superior Chicago team you know on what? their recent <laughs> Anime <laughs> Brothers episode. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who, who um, has not tuned into that, Anime Brothers had their holiday special episode where on their Discord they um, asked folks to send in which anime characters they would put on the naughty and nice list and then assign them a, um, a gift based on which list they're on. So I replied saying that, of course, Emporio is best boy of Stone Ocean, and he's on the nice list. But his gift should be a White Sox jersey so that he can cross no. over to the superior Chicago no, team. No, 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 no. Of course, they they then they then read that on their podcast and um, shared their thoughts on the Cubs versus White Sox debate. Um, and you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> I respect that. That's okay. <laughs> I know they were they were hesitant in entering that debate um, since they're from outside of Chicago, <laughs> but I know that real recognized real in that situation. It's, so. it's all good. <laughs> there are White Sox fans out there. I know you're all out there. I know there's, you know, anime fans that, that love the team as much as I do. So it's okay. You know, it's all good. But yeah. Thanks again, Jaden <laughs> Earthwind. That, that made my day today. <laughs> um, one last, I guess, outfit note. Uh, this did make me think about Jotaro's outfit from part four. I think he technically has two outfits. Um, most of the time he wears the the outfit with the anchors on his hat. But I think in the rat episode, I can't remember the name of that stand. But the episode where he and Josuke chase after that rat, um, he does have a slight outfit change where there's dolphins on his outfits. Now, of course, that's probably closely tied into his marine biologist background. Um, or, or career, but I kind of like to think that there's some tie in there to Green Dolphin Street, um, or the the reverse. Maybe Green Dolphin Street had some tie in into Jotaro being a marine biologist who apparently loves dolphins. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I, I kind of picked up on, and I'm sure we'll bring up again when we start our part four review series. I thought he just changed hats because <laughs> because Josuke melted or whatever happened with the other one. So he did, but. The ep like, in most of the episodes, he still has that hat with the three anchors on it. 
But then, yeah. like, partway through part four, he changes his outfit a little bit, which, to be fair, I think that episode had a guest animator or some sort of guest um, director or someone was a guest on that because you can tell it's slightly different. It looks different um, in, in the... The delivery is a bit different than the rest of the part four episodes, so maybe they gave him an outfit change to kind of acknowledge that. But I think, I think the original hat he has has the J on it, and the heart. I'm looking at the pictures. I think it's the J with the Lucky Land heart, mm-hmm. and then he switches after Josuke melts that hat or destroys that hat. He then switches to the anchors, and then in the rat episode, he has the dolphins. But anyway, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more in the future when we get to part four, but just wanted to bring up the dolphin reference. Okay, now let's get into the play-by-play of what the fuck is going on in The Visitor Part 2. So the episode starts off right away with an acid droplet or a water drop droplet. We get a quick change in the music, and, and these are the two indicators of when we're seeing these switches, is the water droplet and the abrupt change in music. Um, and we see Jotaro kneeling down, shot in his shoulder, again, similar to how the previous episode ended, um, which kind of calls back to our last discussion where we questioned, you know, wouldn't Star Platinum have stopped that bullet because he's done so multiple times when Jotaro om- almost gets shot. This is indicating that we are now in Jolene's dream. So when Jolene has her bullet wound and uh, Jotaro has his bullet wound, we are in Jolene's dream. Mm-hmm. And then in that dream, um, I don't know how, but we see things from John Gallier's perspective. Uh, or maybe it's not part of the dream. Maybe those are like reality moments. Yeah, I paid attention more because we get visual cues um, of when certain people or when Jolene or Jotaro have their dream sequences. I think I noticed in scenes with John Gallier where it's from his perspective that we noted that there were like slightly faded borders of the screen whenever there's a dream. I don't think those appeared whenever John Gallier was, we saw things from his point of view. Yeah, although I I do question that a little bit because later in the episode when Jolene is chasing after Emporio, we see things from John Gallier's perspective, but technically Jolene had never even left the room because she's in the room melting in the pool of acid. So maybe it's kind of half and half. Maybe part mm. of it is from John Gallier's um, perspective in reality, and then part of it is Jolene's dream. Um, yeah. But either way, in this first section with John Gallier, we kind of see him dismantle his cane and reassemble it as a sniper rifle, which I thought was pretty clever. Some John Wick shit. Yeah, seriously. Because Jotaro mentioned in the previous episode to Jolene that it's likely he had pieces of a rifle smuggled in over time, and I think that pretty much confirms that that was the case because he can take the sniper rifle apart and reassemble it as a cane. He also says um, in his monologue that uh, his life will finally begin when he kills Jolene and Jotaro and that he'll get his um, his revenge for, for them robbing him of his rock, which I think that's him indicating his relationship with Dio. I don't even know if he had a relationship with Dio or if he was just a follower of Dio, um, but I imagine... Because he's saying, you robbed me of my rock, that John Gallier was alive and knew of Dio when Dotoro defeated him in part three. I mean, that would have been 20 years ago from the time that Stone Ocean was taken and John Gallier does look older. So I'm sure he was a fervent follower of Dio during the Stardust Crusaders part. Yeah, well, we don't get much of that, do we? I'm just trying to think about, like, we don't really get anything else about John Gallier's backstory in the the next several episodes, so maybe they'll mention that later on. Who knows? Mm -hmm. 
Um, but after that uh, Don Gallier scene, um, we switch back to the visitation room and Jolene is talking to Emporio through the door and decides to protect him instead of running away with Jotaro um, because she cares about Emporio and you know wants to reciprocate the kindness that he showed her. And I believe we're still in Jolene's dream sequence at this point because you do see the bullet wound on her shoulder. Yeah, plus I think later, I think the way this scene was framed, I paid attention to how Jotaro was reacting. Although I know it's still Jolene's dream. Um, he never really reacts to her talking to Emporio or asking her why she had suddenly kicked the pillar out. Um, yeah, because she never really responds to him through the door. She just listens to what he says and then he runs away, right? I think so, yeah. And then when she leaves the visitation room, you can tell we're still in her dream because she assumes Emporio gets around the, the prison through tunnels, like burrowing through the walls and stuff, which we learn later on is not the case. He can use his stand to like phase in and out of uh, in and out of areas, but also time travel at the same time. We're going to have to talk about that one when we get to that time point. Time travel? Because he explains that, okay, we're getting jumping ahead a little bit, but he explains that this is the, the piano room. Like, this is the room the way it looked before the fire happened in Green Dolphin Street. Oh, right, So right, there's some right. sort of, like, time travel warping through walls kind of thing going on. But, well, again, we'll save that for when we get to Emporio's, like, true introductory episode. Um, but anyway, so she assumes that Emporio is getting around through these tunnels, finds one behind the fire. What is it? The, it's the like the fire in case of fire break glass thing. Yeah, that thing, um, which, again, is like not not the case for Emporio's real situation. I think after she goes through the tunnel, we get another water droplet um, and a switch to that pensive. Is pensive the right word for it? That music, that like boop, 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 boop music. <laughs> yeah, almost like a timer kind of thing. Yeah, like it's very suspenseful, like a like the suspenseful music. Um, again, indicating that we're now switched to Jotaro's dream. No, Oop. it's actually, there was a point before that where we saw a water droplet and it, we had switched to Jotaro's perspective. When she's crawling through the tunnel, there's a water droplet that, that you're talking about that signals the perspective shifts to Jolene's. No, yeah. I'm saying when she leaves the visitation room and starts to like wonder where Emporio is, uh, there's a water droplet. Yes. Because Jotaro's still in the visitation room, but we switch to his dream now where he like kind of just walks out and he uses Star Platinum to oh, get that guard. Okay. Right? I think we're talking about this. It's going to be very confusing. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about two different water droplets. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then after, and then we get to the eye catch. I think like, if I remember correctly, Water Droplet hits. We've now switched to Jotaro's dream because he no longer has the bullet wound, but he mm -hmm. is following behind Jolene because he the door is open and he's about to leave the visitation room when a guard then comes up and says, hey, what the fuck are you doing? So then Jotaro uses Star Platinum's The World ability to stop time and escape. Um, of course, jo that would not happen in Jolene's dream because she doesn't even know what Star Platinum is or what it looks like or right. what abilities it has. So that indicates Jotaro's dream. And I, again, I believe that's when the eye catch happens or the, the commercial bump or whatever you call it. And then when we come back from the commercial break, that's when we've now switched back into Jolene's dream. No, the eye catch happens after she defeats John Gallier. So this, yeah, this droplet, this second droplet where she's in the tunnel is right before she defeats John Gallier. Okay, sorry. Let's back up a little bit here because we just um, we gave ourselves a, a pause here to rewatch the episode. Like I said, this is going to be really tough to, to describe. Um, but yes, you, you are correct. So Jolene finds the tunnel. She goes through the tunnel, and as she's crawling, we see a water droplet happen 
off a pipe that she's mm-hmm. crawling past, indicating that we've now switched to Dotoro's dream, where no Jolene's dream. Oh, sorry, switching back to Jolene's <laughs> dream because this it's, is it's... like the Charlie Always Sunny board <laughs> <laughs> with Pepe Sylvia. Okay, okay, one more time, one more time. So Jotaro escapes the guard. That's his star platinum. That's in his, his perspective. Dream. Yes. We then switch to a scene where Jolene is actually crawling through the tunnel. Water droplet happens as she's crawling through the tunnel, indicating we've now switched back into her dream because she also has the bullet wound on her shoulder. Yes. And then we go into the, um, I guess, the first fight sequence against John Gallier. Yes. And then she uses the gas pipe right to obscure uh, his aim because he thinks that he has her cornered or whatever. Um, like I said in the synopsis, she or he uses what's his name emporio so many names in this episode uh he uses emporio as like a a ruse like using his target as a ruse and then he eventually finds where jolene's location is but again with her big brain time she uses her uh the pipe leak which leaks out gas um because i guess gas is lighter than oxygen or some some shit i don't know science (laughs) really well but good thing that jolene does allowing her to pummel John Gallier's device. Yes. And in the in the midst of all of this, I guess right before the, the shoot-off actually happens, Jolene comments, um, because she watches Emporio go into the pipe, saying that um, it's so smart that he went into the water where there's no airflow um, and there's no window, so John Gallier can't shoot into here. And then suddenly JoJo logic kicks in because somehow he's able to shoot through the vent. Yeah. So does his sharp shooting skills, are they like whole horses where... I know, like he shoots through the vent, but is it like a straight shot, or does it like is he able to curve it, like a yeah. like a mista with sex pistols? Yeah, or like a mista or whole horse. I think it's like whole horse where the bullet goes straight, but he has to accurately shoot it to ricochet it off the right surfaces mm. in order to reach Manhattan transfer to then funnel the bullet over to Emporio. Okay. So I was just thinking, like, yeah, Jolene, that's a great point. There are no windows. How the fuck can he shoot in here? But nope. Jojo logic, there's vents. And I mean, to be fair, it's a dream. So, like, I guess you can forgive that to, uh, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but then John Gallier is talking at one point about these stats. Uh, I think right before he he tries to shoot Emporio out of the pipe, um, mentioning, like, bullet drop and airflow and whatnot. And I'm kind of wondering, like, if anyone knows, is this accurate? Are, are the stats he's sharing with us actually accurate? Because I know there is some science behind, you know, how, like, a sniper rifle shoots and the bullet drop and all that fun stuff yeah this reminds me of call of duty 4 if everyone or if anyone remembers the i think it was all gillied up level that was all based around like snipers um <laughs> like his his monologue here is reminiscent of i think it's ever whoever captain price's superior was and he talks about like the coriolis effect and the, the drop in bullet and so yeah I, i'm pretty sure what John Gallier's saying is accurate, but I think we would need an expert <laughs> Is marksman. there a sniper rifle expert? Yeah. A bullet expert <laughs> out there who can confirm if John Gallier's, um, uh, if what he's stating is actually correct. Or what's that, Reddit? Someone did the math? They did the math. They did the math. I'm sure that's out there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Jolene then punctures the gas line to distort the flow of air and whatnot. And then crushes Manhattan transfer, um, therefore damaging John Gallier. And take note of this part because then 
we see a blood droplet because Jolene's chatting with Emporio, and in the middle of this discussion, um, we she see she cuts her hand. We see a blood droplet yeah. fall from her hand into the pool of water on the floor below her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's holding the bone in her hand, and this indicates yet another switch back to Jotaro's dream. Um, where neither him nor Jolene have bullet wounds. Because I think he enters that same room through the same tunnel that Jolene crawled into, but you can see that neither of them are damaged at this point. Um, and this is when John Gallier is suddenly right there in the room with them when he was on the other side of the prison. And Jolene's freaking out about it. Um, and Jotaro asks Jolene in this very calm manner, how do you suspect John Gallier got from the other side of the prison to here? And she panically says to him i don't know but i saw him there so he's there and this is interesting to me because up until this point we've seen all these other instances of jolene having big brain moment being very calm and collected for the most part like her father but this because now that we're in jotaro's dream and it's not the real jolene this is the first time we're actually seeing her not not being able to come up with any reasonable explanation as to why john gallier is in the room and, and freaking out about the whole situation so it's very unlike how she's behaved this whole time. I also want to note that there's at one point where she jumps behind that pipe on the floor and like cowers in fear because yeah. she feels defenseless. I think that's, that's to your point, that's a, another signal that this isn't the Jolene that we know. Um, but I also think that since it's from Jotaro's perspective, it's probably him thinking he has to protect his daughter. And so that's what he's imagining is like, she needs his help. Um, being protected oh yeah that's a good point i didn't <laughs> think about that because he really hasn't seen her much growing up so he doesn't know her true demeanor at this mm-hmm. point and that she basically has taken after him um so yeah that's a good point that that's probably how he imagines his daughter to be in a, a high a high like stress situation it's just the protective father yeah. gene or <laughs> instinct and he just kind of like well how do you suspect john gale got over here instead of you know trying to comfort her in that moment because that's how jotaro is um, and as I mentioned, taking note of Jolene smashing the pipe, here in Jotaro's dream, he also makes the decision to smash the pipe. And he says that he's letting out the gas that's been accumulated. This is interesting, one, because he wouldn't have said the gas has been accumulated had he been aware of what happened in Jolene's dream where she already mm. let the gas out. And two, again, um, it's a father-daughter moment where both of them in separate dreams had the exact same idea of how to defeat John Gallier. Granted, slightly different um, because Jotaro lights his ass on fire versus Jolene, who just uses it to distort his vision of the bullet. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. And in both of those gas pipe smashing moments, we get both of their theme songs. Yeah. The parallels here are phenomenal. Yeah, we get... Um call back to the Stardust Crusaders theme where I guess Jotaro's theme which was a nice touch um, I don't think you hear it in any, at any other point or maybe in the next episode um, but yeah it just reaffirms that Daddy Jotaro is back and he is still as OP as ever yeah like father like daughter because I like sure. how Jolene has this very um, pragmatic approach to, to stopping John Gallier Jotaro just blows him up he lights that thick ass on fire yeah and really quick um star platinum i know people were kind of critical of his design um in this part especially with the image previews we got because he seemed a lot more malnourished than (laughs) his previous uh parts or then in previous parts but i think in this scene he looks pretty decent he doesn't look like a 
like a teenage version of Star Platinum. I think the most malnourished version of Star Platinum has to be from Part Five because we do get a quick like view of Part Five Star Platinum. Yeah, I've got um, I pulled it up on Google really quick here. It's like a side by side comparison of all of the versions of Star Platinum over the parts. I could be wrong. Actually, there is no there is no Part Five. It's Part Three, Part Four, and then part um six so yeah i stand corrected you're right i think he does look the smallest in this part but he doesn't look malnourished yeah. <laughs> he's still ripped <laughs> he's just not as beefy as part three but no one's as beefy as part three yeah everyone was just beefy in part three <laughs> maybe i'm just thinking of jotaro in part five where he definitely looks malnourished everyone yeah, looks yeah, malnourished yeah. in part five because <laughs> yeah he's just drawn in that style maybe it's... that's why everyone's named after italian foods because they're all just so hungry <laughs> <laughs> so after john gallier gets roasted we see another water droplet indicating a switch uh from jotaro to jolene's dream i'm looking at you yes this is correct okay but then this whole thing just gets really confusing yeah then it's all like fuck all at that point because this is when the dream sequence starts to break down because uh jolene scratching her hand um, or cutting her hand with the bone when she's talking to emporio i think that indicates in the real world she had cut her hand at that point so, so i think that's where it starts disintegrating yeah that's when the, the breakdown of the dream sequence starts to um, take place because you notice jotaro has some jizz on his hat oh yeah he's got some jizz on his hat in one of the first frames after the water droplet you see the bullet wound and the blood on jolene's um shirt but then in the next frame or the next shot of her it's gone and that's uh, shortly after that that's when she acknowledges hey my my chest wound is no longer here um and then jotaro starts saying that he doesn't know about emporio um and then things start melting and yeah real quick just props to david production for just that attention to detail here i don't know if this would have been clear in the manga i mean i'm sure there are you have pictures or panels that have um certain things from both perspectives um but just really smart for people like us who analyze these episodes um to include that as a confirmation that yes things aren't as they seem yeah i i don't fully remember but i recall it being a little bit confusing when i was reading the manga again it, it could be because i was binging the shit out of it and just like flying through all the chapters um but yeah i think they did a great job here and i know we mentioned in the previous episode that there's also the color palette that indicates um dream sequences mm -hmm. i noticed that less in this episode but i think it still happens to a slight degree yeah there's still a brightness factor to the scenes where it takes place in the dream yeah, to recap, um, Jolene's dream sequence seems to be lighter and more like vivid in terms of color. And then Jotaro's dream sequence seems to be a little more, um, like it has like a warm tone over it. Like it's a little more yellowy and mm -hmm. deeper. Uh, I'm not good at describing this. I have no art background, but hopefully this makes sense to everybody. Um, See, so yeah, I noticed that, that change in, in color palette slightly less, but I think it was still present in, in certain uh, parts of the episode and you have you still had the faded borders too yeah which were indicative yeah um so yeah props to david production very very good um and then we do get the flashback towards the end of the episode uh, to emporio warning jolene about a fate worse than death and i brought this up in the previous episode because i was confused as to what he was referring to like was he saying that 
losing your father would be a fate worse than death? Was it being melted by acid? And I think here it's telling us that melting in acid is a fate worse than death because I guess it's like getting a long road to death. Getting covered in cum. <laughs> yeah, getting covered <laughs> in jizz is honestly, you know, maybe it is a fate worse than death in this situation. But yeah, hopefully that kind of clears up that that confusion. If anyone has any other interpretations about what Emporio was truly warning Jolene about, please let us know. And then, yes, finally, ladies and gentlemen, the jizz room. Um, we get the blood droplet under the table, which brings us back to the visitation room, uh, a.k.a. the jizz room. And I believe this is reality. I believe it is because yeah. Jolene has her handcuffs on. Yeah. But then I, if I remember the beginning of the next episode, it then cuts to like Jotaro's version of this reality. And I think he's still stuck in a dream sequence, but he realizes acid is happening. We'll have to break that down too. But what I'm wondering about is in these shots – we see Jolene on the right-hand side of the table and Jotaro on the on the other side, the left-hand side. Mm. But didn't Jolene come into the room from, from the, the left, left and Jotaro yeah. was sitting down on the right? So maybe it's just they reversed the image because there are doors on both sides of the visitation room. Um, but it is a little bit confusing. I think what's going to help us pinpoint like our bearings is where the guard is laying down on the ground. Yeah. So or I'll maybe go back and rewatch that. that- shift in perspective maybe it's in another indication that this isn't the actual reality yeah that this too is like the dream within a dream this is all like inception <laughs> shit this is making my brain hurt but yeah, yeah maybe maybe in the next episode that will clarify we'll have to see where they're seated at the table maybe that'll clarify this question i feel like we have lingering questions every episode <laughs> and i also i guess one thing to note for when we make it to the next episode is that jolene believes that the acid is John Gallier's stand, which I don't blame her because his outfit again looks like fucking acid melts. So mm -hmm. I thought the same thing. But I think we'll find out in the next episode that it's actually like the the sharpshooting in Manhattan transfer is actually John Gallier's stand and that there was another person working with John Gallier to make all this shit happen. Yeah, I feel like his outfit was just a red herring. Um and yet, Jolene doesn't have all the facts with her at this point. But, oh man, that next episode. Oh. Yeah, I can't wait. It's <laughs> going to be great. Like, to me, the the next episode is so far the most hype episode of the first 12. Um, as I mentioned before, it's when things kick into high gear. And once we reach that point, I feel like we, we plateau in a good way. Like, the energy is just up here. Again, I'm holding my hand up. None of you can see this. But it's up here. For the rest of the episodes up until we get to um, the last one of, of this this section. I just wish they would give us all the episodes. So just give us all the episodes. We have not had any updates, by the way, um, on how many episodes, when the next set are going to drop, what the hell Netflix is thinking. So we are still waiting patiently. I feel like they'll make an announcement once all 12 episodes have premiered in Japan. And then we'll get like a, a visual. That's like three months from now we have to wait four months to find out if we're getting more episodes oh my god well you guys have us here to hold you over every single week as we make our way through stone ocean and we'll continue to keep you updated as we have been on any news we get from netflix on release schedules and whatnot and that brings us to our final thoughts for part six episode four the visitor part two what did you think of this 
come glazed up episode. Oh my god! Yeah, I thought <laughs> I it was like we're gonna get flagged. With how many times I've said come? Thank God this isn't YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it, it was great. As you mentioned, David Production did a fantastic job um, giving us those visual clues, giving us those indications of when we're switching between dream sequences, but not obvious enough. Where in the first watch through, you would immediately get it. It's only in the se- at least for for us, it's only in the second watch through that you actually pick up on those things when you realize what's happening throughout this arc. And I, I just love the subtle hints. Um, I love how we see Jolene and Jotaro por- portrayed in each other's dreams in a way that's slightly different than we would expect simply because they have not had a relationship for so many years. They don't know the true nature or the, or the tendencies of, of the other, so they can't accurately portray that other person in their dreams. So I, I think it's just a very... Um, a very telling and very interesting moment for the two of them in their relationship, even though none of it's real because it's all a dream. But what did you think? I thought this was a whelming semi-transitional episode. I think it gets us from point A to point lowercase a. When you think of the bigger scheme of this three-episode visitor arc. Point A to point lowercase a? Yeah. Like, that, like a bolded a. list? Yeah, not point A to point B because point B is the conclusion of the next Oh, oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean. Like I didn't, sub A. Yeah, like sub A, whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever is between like, huh? <laughs> the letter between A and B. <laughs> A.5. Yeah. Um, it was fun to kind of analyze this whole episode with it, with us knowing that it was a dream sequence and seeing how certain perspectives folded out uh, and just learning that this whole chase sequence was a simulation and we live in a society um, we, we see certain Joestar characteristics on full display here where it's Jolene's selflessness, selflessness um, her compassion for others by wanting to protect Emporio instead of going after the stand user. And then going back to your point about seeing the differences between Jotaro and Jolene, um, you also see their intellect, um, both of them coming in t- coming to the same conclusions despite not really knowing too much about each other um so yeah, it was it was a good episode overall but knowing what's coming at the conclusion of this visitor arc in the next episode i know i'm going to hate it so Ooh, get ready there's yeah. gonna be some feels in the next one i cannot wait but yeah thanks guys for for joining us once again on the stone ocean review series as we mentioned earlier we're here for you as we all wait patiently to find out what the fuck netflix is doing with the rest of stone ocean Please continue to join us every single week. We we love talking through this, and um, we love anytime anyone reaches out to us to share their thoughts on on JoJo. So let's let's make it through this together. Um, we will we'll start the hype train next week, and it's just gonna be even crazier from there. But yes, that wraps up episode thirty two of Strictly JoJo. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday during the Stone Ocean Review Series. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com, to share your thoughts on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and on the Jizz Room. You'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions, where we will be starting our Attack on Titan review series in the next week or two. So don't miss that. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weeb, everyone. To be continued. Wow. (laughs)